Welcome back to the Maryland Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Merriman. To my right, the lovely, the one and only, the wonderful Sally DeFreeze. Hey, Sal. What is this voice? I, I just got off a call that was like, a, it was just a, a good call for washed media. I'll put it that mm-hmm. way. So I'm a little, I'm a little hyped. So you have like a radio voice now? Like I do. Okay. It's Sally and Brett in the afternoon. Mm. Shouts to uh, Wilmont's birthday party. Lil Mons. Oh, Lil Mons. That's right. Uh, I made a smoothie before the show. What's in it? Uh, little non-spawn, actual spawn. Okay. AG1. Nice. Uh, coconut milk that I needed to use up for my curry from last week's. Okay. A little weird in the fridge. Yep, Some yep, yep. The very cherry frozen fruit mix from Trader Joe's. Okay. Some frozen spinach. We basically have the same smoothie today. And a banana. Sub kale for spinach, and we literally had the same smoothie today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So oh, and you know what? And some um, nutso butter. What is nutso butter? I think it's called nutso. It's like a bunch of different types of nut butter and with chia seeds. And so I keep getting like a little chia seed. So if I have them stuck in my teeth, I can just, I like taste them coming up. That's fair. I go flax because they're a little bigger. Mm -hmm, Kind of like easier to get out of the crevasses. Yeah. Chia seeds will fuck your teeth up. I mean like not in a bad way. They'll just like get in your shit. Great for fiber though. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of, I don't think I'd intake too many chia seeds. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm more of a flax guy all over the place. I enjoy a chia seed like pudding. Chia seed pudding? Yeah. Do you, do you like tapioca pudding? I never really like had tried tapioca, Yeah, but it's essentially that kind of same thing. I actually really like the texture. The chia seed um, kombuchas are like really fun to drink. Are you boy, How do you put... Uh, Basically make a kombucha and with put a bunch seeds. of chia seeds in there and then they like get gelatinous. Oh, mm-hmm. it's fun. It's a nice. I I like that texture. I don't know why. It's weird. I think it lo- freaks a lot of people out. But it I does. don't mind it. Uh, speaking of Lilmon, Fritz was dripping today. Just wanted th- wanted to call that out on the, on the TL. First first day of school. Uh, as a a naive twenty eight year old with no children, isn't Fritz less than two? Yes. How does how does he go to school? He goes to what's called like a Mother's Day out program. It's like a preschool. Okay. It's not even like a real preschool. They like they sent home like a curriculum today. And it was like, <laughs> the color of the week is red. And you're like, okay, <laughs> like that's the old curriculum. Like I'm not expecting him to learn anything here. Are you uh are I'm you, just are trying you running to socialize for, him. for the for the school board position at no, Fritz's preschool no. yet? It was a fucking social scene out there this morning, I'll tell you that. Oh, I can imagine. I like Will and I show up. And he did have a shirt on that had his name on it that had like school supplies coming out of a truck. You can see it on my Instagram uh, that Lily had gotten him nice. and my nephew the same shirt. But they go on different days okay. of the week. And uh, so we're out there. I'm like, we got to get a picture of him, you know, first day of school. We're like the only people who didn't have like one of the chalkboards. It's like Sarah's first day, two-year-old mm. class, mm-hmm. this school. Favorite color is red. Loves kiwi. Like, I was like, I don't. Fritz's would be tight, though. Fritz's would be like, loves Matzel Rancho queso. So, yeah, we we did not. I didn't have my shit together. Didn't do a chalkboard picture thing. Mm. So, like, now I fucked that up. So, like, you know, the next however many years, 16 years that he goes to school. Like, I'm not going like, to have. Mom, what the frick? Yeah. Where's my, where's my first day of school chalkboard pick? We barely did the, like month pictures like i could barely mm-hmm. talk will into that he was not thrilled about that and i was like we just need to at least do that just a couple yeah i, I you know what i, I just like i'm like hey we missed one month Should we just no like, we would i would miss and i would be like two weeks late so then you just asked will to like photoshop for it's like a little yeah. smaller yeah can you, can you make him like a little shorter but yeah he uh he did fine you know he okay. didn't do swimmingly he's he's really really attached to me like really Aww. so when we dropped him off I didn't even look back. I just like handed him to the teacher and sprinted. Because you knew, you knew it was. And then get... when I got there yeah. to pick him up, they were like, "We had to hold him most of the time." And I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah. sorry." He's quite attached to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping the school will like socialize him. A sure. Bit. Uh, are him and Bane, your nephew, mm-hmm. are they? Do they like recognize each other? Yeah, that's cool. I think now they do. That's cool. He's like, "Oh, what's up, player?" Yeah, 
the, like very soon they'll like be little shits. They'll be boys. Currently though. they like just play around each other kind of or like take the toy from the other one. Oh, it's like a little like, Yeah, no, that's mine, dude. Yeah. Okay. But uh, you know, it's... second tangent I have for you. Are you familiar? I I I saw this account today because it has my last name on it. Holicity Merriman? Yes. It's like Are you one of familiar my with American accounts. Girl Dolls? Yeah, is this your shower thought, or are we just doing like no? I had shower to, thoughts now. Yeah, we're doing shower thoughts in the beginning. This, okay, this time. that's fine. Um, this account, which my sister loved, American Girl Dolls growing up, mm-hmm. and because Felicity Merriman shares my last name, and she's like the she's like, like the, the OG hot yeah. uh, American Girl. Doll. She was like rich. HBIC head head bitch in charge. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, I think actually Kit is now the head bitch in charge. If you if you're familiar, I'm not. So each Not. of them are from like a time period. Right. I think Felicity. She's like the 1700s. I think she was she? the Victorian age. Yeah. American girl. Got to brush up on my colonial history. Uh, I think, because I think Kirsten uh, is from the like colonialism age mm-hmm. of like basically like, or she might have been like on the Mayflower or some shit. They all had like, they had like stories oh, and yeah. outfits and like shit that, you know, they did. So like each of their bedroom sets looked a little different. Um, And then, you know, you could like buy books that like told their story and stuff. We had the books. Oh, Felicity the was books. like the OG Victorian, like rich girl. And then mm. you had Kirsten. Uh, Molly was like. Mm. Okay. Right around World War II, I think. I thought you were say right wing. No, she was like right post um, World War II. Got it. Okay. And then, uh, then they added like Josephine. Now there's like a ton. There's a bunch of them. Randy's like Randy's eyes are glossing over. He's like, oh, American Girl dot talk. Like he doesn't. But, like he doesn't have like Yu-Gi-Oh cards still in his like, basement. Became like a big deal Bay like Blades. in the last month because they started making American Girl doll memes. On Helicity Merriman. The Helicity Merriman is like the original account. It's like two girls. It's a girl who lives in DC and her friend who I think like maybe lives in Philadelphia or something. Okay. And the one who lives in DC, Barrett, is like very um like shows her face and stuff like that. And the other girl is like pretty anonymous, but they're like best friends. And they started doing memes and then they kind of blew up this summer. They still have some really hilarious memes because they're very, very um, specific pop culture events. Mm-hmm. I think I actually talked about this on Scaries, but some of them are really funny and they're really shareable because you're just like, oh, this one is definitely mine. Because I think people just write in and they're like, we need an American Girl doll that whatever. The Literally the last post I tagged other people in because the it, it's me. It's meme culture. What it's is it? It's meme culture. Uh, <laughs> We need to be, oh, hold on. Let me find it. I, it's something about reading smut novels on her Kindle. That's just <laughs> my whole life right now. <laughs> why? Why? What? What is a, a smut novel? Just like romance with like, like a little bit of softcore porn, probably. Okay, like not like not Fifty Shades of Grey type of stuff. Oh uh, no! Like yeah, oh. kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't never read an, an erotic novel myself. You know, it's it's very cheesy. It's mm-hmm. very escapist. I feel like it's again also talked about this on Scaries. Uh, like when I'm like really sad about the state of the world and I just like need to unplug. Like <laughs> you dive into a smut novel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you, you know, if you're me, you're like I feel good because I'm reading. So, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, like mm-hmm. maybe the writing isn't that phenomenal so you got to like okay. mix in like a non-fiction or even no offense against fiction i like romance is like my favorite genre but like sometimes you gotta like go a little like pride and prejudice and then go back mm. to the smut and you know you just can't go yeah, full it's smut like going reality tv and then like a, a documentary right like you right. kind of mix in the, the some the good of these the novels bad. are like love island for your brain but like in you know on a, on pages and a kindle yeah there you go the more you know, Randy. Mm-hmm. I feel like books overall kind of having a maybe a renaissance. It's because of book talk. What's book talk? It's like TikTok where people like recommend books. Oh, so geez. that's There's a like TikTok how, for everything. That's how you like or bookstagram is like how people Oh, I hate that. Find new like that's how books get popular now. 
Do you like my idea of Rick talk? What's Rick talk? It's just uh, guys doing dad stuff. Oh, okay. Like Randy was painting a wall the other day. Mm-hmm. I put it on. I was, was going to put it on Rick talk. He was painting the wall when I came in. He's dude just can't stop painting walls. He even had his paint shorts on. He switched out of his. Paint he shorts. he has changed three times. Today. Do you not produce in your paint shorts? Okay, he's shaking so no, his no. head now. You want to do some questions? Yeah. First, stop talking about me. What is the mail-in podcast? Well, we answer your questions. That's what we're uh, we're about to do right now. Please subscribe on iTunes, follow on Spotify, hit the hotline number, leave a voicemail, 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6245. Or you can write in the link in the Twitter bio at mailinpodcast. Uh, Sally, you ready? Yeah. This one, I fired up for these questions today. A couple of really good ones. Yeah. Let's get going. Hey, guys. With fall pretty much upon us, what are you doing this year to get into the spirit for the first time post-pandemic? Now, first off, I have a problem with this. I don't think we're quite post-pandemic yet. There's still hundreds of people dying every day. I was but, I was actually going to argue that like I felt like last fall was the first fall post-pandemic. That's that's true. I if mean, you live in Texas, down, you've you been post-pandemic yeah, since like since May 2020. May of 2020. I remember I had my birthday dinner like at a restaurant and I was like, "Oh, that's over." Yeah. May of 2020. Maybe like August 2020, because we did have another spike, but that's beside the point. Uh, <laughs> How are you getting ready for fall, Sally? It's like, I love this question because mm-hmm. I do love fall. Like, what would you say the season you look most look forward to is fall? Probably? It's fall in a landslide. Like, yeah. it's not, it's literally not close. Winter is number two. I hate summer because it's too hot down here. I miss Saratoga summer. And spring is just. I would say I know mid. for sure spring is the the season I like least look forward to. I kind of mm-hmm. don't care, but fall and summer for me are pretty tied. Okay. I think fall edges it out a little bit, but like there's a moment in like March and April where you're like psyched for summer, That's and fair. those like first like that May first week of June are fun, and then you're like, okay, I'm over this. It's very fall. Hot. I feel like especially as a Texan, you look forward to for so long, and then. Uh, you, it doesn't happen until like November 15th. Yeah. Just my dad's birthday, by the way, November yeah. 15th. Uh, it, it lasts two weeks in Texas. And then the winter is weird too because it's like 62 but humid. And you're kind of well, like, like, ah, this is the cold. Winter is a fall essentially. Right. But it's not crispy fall. It's not crispy. Oh. There's like a couple, you get a couple crispy days. Couple. There's a couple. And they mm. are like life-changing. When you walk out your door and it's crispy in Texas, which happens very rarely. Yeah. It is, you savor it. You savor the moment. You savor mm-hmm. the flavor. Um, what I, I, I'm excited though, because this question made me think about, I'm going home for my dad's celebration of life in the last week of September. Okay. It's the first time I'm going to be in Saratoga in, in the fall. I can't wait in, in, a, in a decade since I had graduated high school. Yeah. Because I played baseball for a year at Northeastern. Uh, we had co-op, which is full-time. You, you don't really go home for fall breaks or anything. So the first time I've been there in September, October in a decade. Wow. And I cannot wait, Sally. Will the leaves be changing yet? They will. They yeah. will. They won't be peak, but that's okay. See, we're going to Harbor like two weeks later. Mm-hmm. And I think- That'll be money. We were worried that we were going to like hit it a week late, but now we're thinking via the forecast, aka Will's dad, that we're going to hit a peak time. Will's dad strikes me as like a farmer's almanac guy. Yeah. Um, also, shit. it's been a very hot summer, which usually pushes it back a week or two. Yeah. So I think we hit good. in 2020, mid pandemic, I guess you could say, uh, we went to Aspen in the fall and we oh, hit yeah. right at color change and it was awesome. Aspen's interesting. They don't have the variety of colors that the Northeast does, but yeah. the, the golden Aspen trees, they, they like give a different perspective because they have like the white uh, trunks. Mm-hmm. And it gives a whole new perspective on it. It's yeah. beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. I mean, obviously the fits, like that's that was number one on my list. Yeah. Is fall clothing. It's hard though in Texas because you're like, you just want to buy some sweaters. And then you're like, I can't keep buying this shit that I'm gonna not be able to wear for months and not mm-hmm. have like I also lose steam of like wearing all the fall tones. You know what I'm saying? Like the burnt really? oranges, the browns, the whatever. Well, I feel like it's also tied After to After Christmas, and then here. you're like, well, now I'm like, and the, but that's when you can wear the chunky sweaters is that's in true. January. That's true. 
I bought a, uh, did some retail therapy, mm-hmm. bereavement therapy kind of retail yeah. situation. Uh, and I bought a new Buffalo Bills sweater. Nice. Vintage. Yeah. Like 83, 84 season when Marv, Marv Levy was wearing the Bills across the chest. Really cool. I can't wait to break it out. Um, my other thing is, and I know this is like insanely basic of me, but I really do enjoy pumpkin. Like so much. I Pumpkin pie is my favorite pie. Hands down. Maybe it, key lime pie. Is it crazy second. of me to like a pumpkin pie that doesn't taste too like pumpkin pulpy? The more like the more condensed pumpkin there you is. You want it like custardy. I want it more like cinnamon. I, I mean I like yeah. like cinnamon donuts or, or pumpkin muffins mm-hmm. to me taste so much better than like pureed pumpkin. Like homemade. Yeah, I, I think it's it. probably just sugar and the spices they use. Um, but are you familiar with apple cider donuts? I am familiar with apple cider donuts. You don't have them a lot down here. They're, yeah. They like exist, but they're the kind of the processed kind. Yeah. You get up to Saratoga or Harbor, I guess. Yeah, we're going to have some in Michigan, I yeah, think. Wreck a couple homemade cider Like, donuts. I wish that we were in a situation in Texas where you could, like, crush some ciders in the fall. Like, Ugh, I mean, you can. with a little bit of, uh, like, bourbon in there. Yeah. Or, or whiskey. Like, Look out. I don't know if I've told the story, but we went to, we have, we've technically done Harbor Springs in the fall, quote unquote, because we've gone for Thanksgiving a couple times, but it's at that mm-hmm. point, it's already been snowing. It's winter right. there. Um, which also brings me to my next point. That's when like fall in Texas is really peaking, which mm-hmm. I think is why Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday by far. Okay. That's cool. I don't think I knew that about you. Thanksgiving is my number one favorite holiday. Really? Way above everything else. I do love Christmas like every other person, but like sure. I think I'm more of a Christmas Eve gal, you know, like everyone else pretty much. Oh, okay. Like, I, I probably am too. I mean, I like I kind of like you I really think about Christmas, like the excitement is on Christmas Eve and then Christmas morning you're like, okay, which is why we all – we have started traveling on Christmas because it's like really chill. And yeah, you're you kind of like, oh, get the nothing. yeah. We already did all the stuff. You kind of get the the funds like out of the way by yeah. by ten a.m. But like November, I think is my favorite month of the year. My favorite uh, is the six weeks usually between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, when Christmas lights are up, there's anticipation. You're excited to see family. Like all I, the you know November. Stuff going on. Yeah, love it. I actually am not a huge Halloween person. Really, but I do I like said, October uh, as I, a month. Okay. Speaking of the Merriman Spooky Monster Bash, Nightmare 2 mm-hmm. invites went out today. Okay. So if you want to come, you're invited. Oh, you should tell me because I might need to change my little call schedule around because I think I put that I would take call that October day. 29th. Okay. Yeah. Whatever that Saturday is on Halloween. Okay. I'll fix it. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I got to think. start thinking of Fritz's Halloween costume. I do. It's big. I got mine locked in. Locked in. Can't wait. Okay. You know, I might wear that night. What? A pair of Rafis. Does it go with your costume, though? Uh, yeah, it does. Okay. Rafis. Well, you'll be comfortable. Rafis are my, I will be very comfortable because Rafis are my like everyday, upscale, casual, can dress them up, can dress them down type of shoes, Sally. Yeah. I have the bone ones with the gum sole, little blue accent on them. Mm-hmm. I've worn them to weddings. And like a kind of not necessarily a wedding reception, but I've worn them like it's like a rehearsal dinner. Yeah. Kind of like almost formal situation. And I've worn them with shorts, worn them to the beach because you can get them dirty and throw them right in the wash. Yeah. They're that good. They're that comfortable. Um, and, and they look that good too. You're a big Rothy's fan. I think I'm going to be bringing some Rothy's to uh, Europe with me. Whoa. Because I, I can only bring a couple pairs of shoes. We have talked about, or Will okay. has talked about this, but we are carrying on for 10 days and mm-hmm. I need like a utility shoe that I can like, exactly you said, like, first of all, be comfortable walking in yep. and also like dress up or down. Exactly. And that's where Rothy's is, is so freaking perfect. Say goodbye to the break-in period you usually have to go through with other shoes. They're soft, flexible material combined with wildly comfortable insoles. Make them one of the most wearable shoes right out of the box. They're knit with 100% recycled materials too, Sally. Even the sneaker laces are made from recycled plastic water bottles. Are you kidding me? No wonder Rothy's best-selling men's shoes get a five-star review from almost every customer. Top it all off. Here we go. The driving loafer was just named one of Time's 100 Best Inventions 
of 2021. Wow. Huge. Famously, I was the time 2006 person of the year. Mm-hmm. So they called it an ideal shoe for the late pandemic era. How about that? Step into something fresh with the summer edit from Rothy's. With new products for men and women, you can snag shoes for yourself or someone you love. For a limited time, get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash mail. That's $20 off at R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash M-A-I-L. Match one, Sally? Let's do it. Brett, this is more a question for you, but I guess if Sally has some experience, I'd love to hear from her as well. I'm dipping my toe into the gambling waters for the first time since my state has legalized sports betting. Fresh off your financial spreadsheet last week, shouts, uh, I was wondering how you manage football seasons from a budgeting point of view. I'm already riding with my college team, Go Tigers. That can mean like nine different schools, can it? Mizzou, LSU, yeah. Clemson. It's a few. Auburn. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, but I'm looking forward to sweating out a Hawaii game at midnight this year. You much of a sports gambler, Sally? No. Much of a gambler in general? I'm really not a gambler. I do dabble in some sports gambling during March Madness. Okay. Win in Vegas. Win in Vegas. More than just like filling out brackets, right? Yeah, I love like a like a three thing parlay. Oh, a three yeah. thing parlay. What what's the term for that? Like a three No, three leg game, parlay. I like three it. leg, three yeah. leg parlay. So it's like Duke to win, North Carolina to win and like Boston College to win. Yeah, Plus or like whatever. the over or whatever, yeah. Ooh. No, I I I've never a, hit one. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun when it happens. Um yeah. The first rule of gambling is only bet what you can afford to lose. That's the the main thing about gambling responsibly. So please don't bet the rent, um, especially if you hit a couple games to begin with and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm good at this. It's easy. It's not. And the, the house usually always wins. Um, but it's fun. It's a way, sports gambling, especially during college football season, is a way for you to be interested in a team like Hawaii that plays at 11 o'clock at night and normally you wouldn't really throw on or whatever. Or, you know, uh, like NC State. Mm-hmm. I have no affiliation to the school. But it's fun watching them, you know, plus four at North Carolina. Not this year. They're probably like 20-point favorites. But it's a, I, the only thing I'll say is please, please, please don't gamble more than you can afford to lose. Yeah. Just make it fun. It's fun to have a bunch of teams that you're waiting to play on Saturday with. And um, just to your state for opening up. I, I know Texas is... Doesn't seem far away on the gambling front. Sports gambling. Yeah, I don't know. Does Will gamble much? Not really. I think he did when he lived in Michigan for a mm-hmm. little bit, but I um I don't know. I I'm kinda glad that he doesn't. <laughs> Cause like I think that it would like piss me off that we were losing money. That's why I don't gamble. I like I can't take losing. Got it. You're you're competitive in nature. I'm competitive and I also mm-hmm. am like this is my deal. When we go to Vegas, I'm like, I'll, I will literally gamble like $100 and then be done. Cause mm-hmm. I, not that I can't afford more, but I'm like, here's the thing. I could go buy a purse and that's a sure thing. I'm going to take that home with me. I could. Shouts to Miguel. Sure thing. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I don't want to spend hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. and then on, not on just, see it. Yeah. And not see it. I get it. I get it. It's just, just, Put a manageable amount per week if you want to do it. If you don't, no worries. And and uh, gamble on stuff that you understand. Yeah. Maybe not doing three-leg parlays and like Bundesliga soccer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's some degenerate stuff. But uh, have fun. Bet what you can afford to lose um, if you bet at all. And, and don't get in a hole, I guess, is my advice. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. As long as you are just like it's money that you have that's extra. Mm-hmm. Put it aside, gamble with it, whatever. But don't be so addicted that you can't get out of it. Brett and Sally. I was listening to an older episode of The Mail-In from the the Dylan and Sally days, and the topic of comparing yourself to others came up. The advice was essentially to stay in your lane and focus on yourself. I love that advice, but I'm having a very hard time following it on the course of my wife and I's infertility journey. We're about two years in at this point, and in that time, about five kids have been born or announced in our group of friends. 
At this point, we're losing friends because we can barely relate to them anymore, all while struggling with painful injections and invasive procedures. I guess my question is just how would you guys recommend we deal with losing friends over this and feeling like we're falling behind? Thanks in advance. Sally, a little bit of a heavier one um, yeah. than sports gambling here. First of all, I'm really sorry that you're going through this. As am I. Um, I think that I, I can speak a lot on this topic. I haven't struggled with infertility myself, but I um, have had many friends that did. I sure. worked at a fertility clinic mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Um, still see a lot of the same doctors um, and do a lot of, lot of OB stuff. So um, I don't think I realized, I mean, I knew before I got pregnant with Fritz what a struggle it was Mm -hmm. for some people. Um, My friends weren't really there yet. And, but when I worked at the fertility center and we were doing like IVF and embryo transfers and all of those things. I watched some of the same couples come in over and over again. It's like really, really stressful. It takes a toll on you and your marriage and your wife and Mm -hmm. friendships. And I think that that was one of the biggest things that I had to navigate when I got pregnant was, um, you know, first of all, you're so excited for yourself, but you also know that like you've got friends who are going through this journey that are it's going to be really hard for them to relate and be happy for you and things like that. Sure. Um, that being said, I also understand that, you know, I don't think any friends who are having babies or getting pregnant easily or whatever, um, are ever trying to do it in a way that's like throwing it in someone's face. No. No, I don't think they ever lose like an em- like empathy from that right. point of view. But it is very easy, and I I didn't get this again until I had a child. Like, to once you have a kid, only talk to people about your kid shit because yeah. it just takes over your life, like mm-hmm. a lot of other things. Um, and when a bunch of my friends had kids in a wave, and I hadn't. Will and I weren't even married yet. I was like, okay, we get it. Like, you want to talk about nap schedules? I don't give a shit. (laughs) And then postpartum is a journey in itself, and you need to surround yourself with people that also understand what you're going through. So I'm not defending the friends at all, but I also think it's really easy to get caught up in your own shit Mm -hmm. in general. That is like an across-the-board I've said a million times, like you never know what somebody else is going through, but everyone is so self-absorbed that we only care like what's in our, you know, direct. Immediate point of view. Exactly. Um, All that aside, um, it's really, really hard. And I think having had a child now and being close to people who have struggled with infertility for a long time Mm -hmm. or have had miscarriages, Um, especially as a woman, I think it's a little easier to connect. Like probably your wife's friends, her girlfriends probably understand it a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. I don't think as a male, like I don't know that Will fully understands the struggle that some of our friends are going through because he hasn't had to go through it. No, I – like I, I definitely, I definitely don't. And I never like growing up. You're never like I, as a guy. I don't think you're ever really conditioned, unless it's like immediately, right? You know, in your family or something like that. You're never conditioned, but like infertility, up until you're like in college, doesn't even exist really in in a mm-hmm. in a male like education, I guess. Which is like kind of a shame because I yeah. think. Um, Again, as a woman, I think that there was stuff that I wish somebody would have freaking told me before I was like 28, like yeah, yeah, about my own body, like or like how pregnancy was going to be or how raising a child was going to be, and there's stuff that men should know about too. Okay, which is why you mm-hmm. should see a urologist, like as part of your like being healthy daily checkup, like check your sperm, people, like check your motility. They're actually. <laughs> There is a lot of, um, I mean, that this is like a whole other podcast. There's probably tons of podcasts out there actually that talk about this, but mm-hmm. there are things that we 
as people can do early in our 20s to help. But like, again, why are you going to think about that if it's never happened to you? And then one day, and you assume like getting pregnant should be easy. And then all of a sudden it's not. We like spend decades of our life trying to not get pregnant. And And like, and then sometimes you try and and then you try and it's really disheartening given the current climate of shit going on to like, yeah, be worried about you're trying to conceive and then like other people it's just it's a lot it's a lot in 2022 to be going through fertility and i think it's it's a lot and you're you're never you're never taught it there's no like post-college class or or service or anything that feels like you're ever like here's the pamphlet on Mm -hmm. infertility and like what to expect and getting pregnant and there's like i'm sure there's if you have to go seek it out there are resources available right but you're never like you don't it's, it's not a class you're required to take type of thing so I, I just I feel for these people. It this sucks. Is another like aside PSA. I think when people are in a relationship, going to get married, especially that fertility is something that you should talk about. Like obviously, do we want to have kids? Mm-hmm. Th- that's step one. But then it is if something like that. And I I tried to have this conversation with Will whenever. I was working at the fertility clinic and mm-hmm. he was like, we don't need to worry about that now. I'm like, well, we need to like think about it. Yeah. Um, talk about it beforehand so that you can like set some parameters of like, here's how long we're willing to go through this. Cause it is very mentally and physically taxing. Sure. Uh, here's where, like what our stopping point is. Like, would we be comfortable having a surrogate? Would we be comfortable just bagging that and adopting? Mm-hmm. Those are conversations that I think are important for people to have too because sometimes people get so wrapped up in the fertility journey, they don't stop. It's very much like one track, like we have to get pregnant, we have to get pregnant and you don't stop and you're like, maybe maybe we need to like take a moment. Mm -hmm. And I'm not telling the person who asked this question to do that. Sure, I'm just saying in general, if you're in a relationship – that's serious and you're thinking about marrying this person or you are married, it's a conversation you should have beforehand. Um, Number two, a lot of people are going through this. There are support groups. Like I I know that a lot of my like friends who are going through it right now have found people that either via the office that they're going to or like Instagram, tons of, especially on social media of people like being a lot more vocal about their infertility. Mm -hmm. But my other I think really the key to like finding joy for other people, being happy for other people when things are happening that you want for yourself mm-hmm. is really being okay with like at peace with what's going on with you. And it's that's hard yeah. when you are trying to have a baby and you can't. And so I think number one is probably talking to some of these friends because I don't think that any friend is like purposely trying to make you feel bad. No, it's it's not. It's definitely not on purpose. And that was my what I was wanted to bring up is communicate with these people and right. just say, hey, I know you're not trying to do this, but like, can we talk about our our problems with it with you guys? And I'm sure there's some. They'll be like, oh my god, yes, of course. Yeah, I think a and it's it's like it's a little more nuanced than that because I think most people. It totally depends. Some people are really comfortable talking about it and some people aren't because there's a lot of like stigma and shame associated with infertility, which again, we shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. It's 2022. Like women are having babies older now. Like this is a super common problem. Mm -hmm. Kind of the same thing with miscarriage. But I think as a woman, it's like innately uh, put into you that like you should be able to bear children. Sure. And when you can't do that, it feels like a direct knock on like your whole self-worth mm-hmm. um and same for being a guy like if something's wrong with your sperm or something like that like everything that you've like been told you're supposed to do yeah so maybe not even talking about the fertility stuff but even being a little bit more friends being a little bit more cognizant so like sometimes it's hard when your friends want to go out with you and then they're like well we have to go to dinner at five because like we have all the children yeah and it's like so yeah whoever you're close to, if you're like feeling them drift apart, be like, Hey, can we, can y'all get a babysitter? We'd like love to go to a dinner with y'all like just adults. I, I have been more cognizant of that now that my friends with my friends who are struggling being like, let's not bring Fritz around. Mm -hmm. Let's not talk about children. Let's not talk about the miscarriage. Let's not talk about this because 
it's it that boundary needed to be created. And mm-hmm. one of my friends literally told me that. She was like, it's really hard when you and my other friend who works with me in OB or in all the like doing C-section stuff to hear all your stories because it's really triggering for me. That's okay to tell people. It's okay to set a boundary with people. Like, I love you. I want to hang out with you, but we cannot talk about uh, Rhodes and Fritz's like eating routine. I don't care. Yeah. You don't have to be rude about it. Like, but like right, it's yeah, yeah. it's triggering for me because I'm currently trying to get to that place in mm-hmm. my life. Um, I think that's okay to tell your friends. Yeah, I think that I I almost encourage that. You know, yeah. Way, just because I think that's a really, you know, it's a direct way to to kind of get there. And instead of it being passive aggressive or awkward, or you're, you, if you feel bad about this, and then you lose friends, and you're like, well, I can't really get them back because now it's too late or something like right. that. But I, I, lo- I love that idea. I think comparison is the thief of, thief of, of joy. joy. Wow, yep. that took a while. Um, please know that your friends who are having children or getting pregnant or you know on their fourth kid. Mm-hmm. with no issues, have other shit they're dealing with that you're totally unaware of and that their situation is totally different from yours. And it's okay to like want what they have, but know that they're not doing it as a slight to you. Yeah, And it can feel sometimes like it is. It's mm-hmm. like, it feels very personal when people are like announcing shit. 100%. But know that like their joy can coincide with your joy. Their joy can coincide with your grief. Mm-hmm. And it's really important as you're growing up in any situation, when you're comparing yourself to somebody else, their battle is different from yours. And if they have what you want, that's okay to be jealous or envious, but it also like shouldn't rob you of your joy. Totally agree. Cosign. Cosign, cosign, cosign. I'm sorry you're going through that. I am sorry as well. Um, no easy way to to pivot out of that, but I'm going to. Okay. This episode is brought to you uh, by our friends at Vizzy. Vizzy Hard Seltzer. Uh, summer is coming to an end, but that does not mean you enjoying a nice, cold, crisp Vizzy Hard Seltzer has to, Sally. Whether you're ge- uh, gearing up and cozying up for cuffing season or hosting a tailgate, that will be the envy of the parking lot. Pass the vibe. Uh, pass the vibe. Check, excuse me, with a case of bold, delicious... Busy hard seltzer. You know I am all about the mimosas right now. So well, mimosas. I was about to bring up the mimosas are like a perfect, like game day. You have actual game day on the TV. You're mm-hmm. having a busy mimosa. You're about to go to a tailgate, or you're mm-hmm. at the tailgate because Texas is going to be playing a lot of 11 a.m. games. They okay? do. They really do. And like, I'm not ready to pound a beer or even like a full vodka at any point, or even a margarita at. 10 a.m. No. Like, I got to ease in, okay? But but busy mimosas? And that's like the perfect... mm. Perfect ease in. Yeah. Perfect ease in drink. And busy mimosas, like we say, have the refreshing taste of real orange juice. Perfect for daytime sipping. It comes in strawberry orange, pineapple orange, peach orange, and pomegranate orange, of which... I'll be honest with you, Randy. Peach is my favorite. Peach is my favorite. Of the of that grouping. Peach my my favorite. favorite, actually, this should have gone into like my fall memory excitement thing. Mm-hmm. Uh the shampoo effect you get, like when you're like getting up for an eleven AM AM game, you have a nine AM, like just a little beverage because you're gonna go tailgate. Oh yeah. And you were already a little drunk the night before. Mm-hmm. So you have just like one busy mimosa and you just start cruising at a perfect level of like i'm very happy absolutely and then you can coast on those all day long baby they're the perfect coasting beverage yeah perfect coasting beverage no matter which coast you're on like that randy busy hard seltzer flavors for every vibe stock up on busy hard seltzer and social show some love for the show here's how to get yours go to busyhardseltzer.com slash washed to find busy near you that's busyhardseltzer.com slash washed and to hear about the latest flavor drops and more, sign up at busyheartseltzer.com slash subscribe. You must be 21 plus to enjoy. Please celebrate responsibly on behalf of the Molson Coors Beverage Company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Next one, Sally. Here we go. Hey, guys. First time, long time. Shouts to writing in. I've recently made the decision to eat healthy. 
I had the doc tell me it's probably a good idea, and I've been a takeout person as long as I can remember. A quick Google search feels incredibly overwhelming, and I was wondering if there are any basic tenets that y'all adhere to. I wouldn't call myself the healthiest eater, but I'm also on this uh, more of a kick, I guess. Health journey. Health journey, yeah. It's a, it, you know, it's, it is overwhelming, I think, at first. If you're like, hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to go totally healthy. Because you Google this, it's like this diet and that diet and paleo and keto and uh-huh. processed and this and that and the other thing. It's like, where do you start? So I, this was me six years ago. Uh, when I did my whole first whole 30 mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that anybody needs to whole 30, but this was easier. Like if you kind of pick a lane of shit you want to do. Okay. And then you just find a, a bunch of Instagram accounts and just start following <laughs> those. Uh, Healthy food crush. I think is one of them that I like. I really like defined dish shouts. Um, oh, I have their uh, cookbook. Local, cookbook, local Texas girl. Um, I also like this guy named Ronnie who's called Primal Gourmet. He does like a lot of grilling stuff. Uh, No Crumbs Left. Terry, my girl from uh, Chicago. She's like a 60-year-old lady. She's great. Yeah, don't Um, get like the Paula Deen cookbook. Yeah. (laughs) But then there's like Pinch of Yum is also like one of my favorites. She's a true Midwesterner and she'll have like some like healthy stuff but then like some not healthy stuff. Some buttery stuff. Which is fine. Uh, But Following those things and then just starting to make recipes, you, the more you cook, the better you get at it. And the better, makes... you, the better you eat. Right. And this is not like non-spawn here, but uh, HelloFresh has, has made me a much healthier eater because you realize that you like- You mean Green Chef? HelloFresh and Green Chef. Oh, yeah, both of them. Which are both, they're both the same company, so I can, you can say both. They, oh, like, okay. One bought the other, something like that. Um. But one of those subscription services has really helped me as far as, especially with vegetables, because you realize you're like a lot of things you like to eat or try new things like basmati rice or couscous Mm -hmm. or like roasted carrot. Like they have a lot of ways of getting vegetables in there that taste good still that you didn't really, like you would never think to buy Yeah. until you're trying to eat a little bit healthier. So my first suggestion would it be to hop on a one of those services that sends you the ingredients for each meal? Mm-hmm. You can kind of pick the meals and choose the meals and learn how to cook, especially if you're a takeout guy, which I was too in New York. Like that's just yeah. what you do. You're a takeout person. Um, and then two, an easy way, not an easy way, but limiting processed stuff has been sort of my current like super focus. Mm-hmm. Like you can do sodium and sugar and Carbs and, you know, the weight loss thing is carbs in, carb or calories in, calories out is kind of all that matters really. But mine has been limiting processed things. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to start. Whole30 and- was good for me because I felt like eliminating pretty much everything and then bringing <laughs> it back like broth. was like f- helped me figure out like what I was reacting to. Sure. But more so than anything made me realize like if I actually get shit at the store and like I'm forced to cook it that I can make a meal like a lot of the times when we get takeout it's not because we don't have food it's pure laziness like yeah I've been there too I it's still and it, still it teaches happens, you yeah. so they're like this is like we, Will and I do something where we like find a recipe then we groundhog it till we just like get so sick of it <laughs> and but there's like a couple things that I would make especially when we're like trying to be healthy like we would do a lot of hash stuff so we would do like a sweet potato like that we roasted and then with like ground beef and some like, you know, sauteed peppers and onions, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, basically, that's what I call like my stuff on stuff. E- saute, you know? Yeah, you just, it's like, like the stir fry kind of deal. Yeah, but like what you do is you just like roast a shit ton of vegetables, which again, roasting is vegetables is super easy. You it's a hack. Like, it's such a hack. You set the oven to 425. Mm-hmm. You toss that shit in some olive oil. Spice it up. This is the trick, though, Brent. Hit me. Okay? Hit me. When you're roasting vegetables, you need to give them space because vegetables sweat, and then that creates steam in the oven. So if you want your vegetables to be crispy, you can't have them all crowded together on, like, a roasting pan. You need to have space to set them apart. I got you. Okay? Another tip, especially if you're trying to get, like, crispy potatoes or- Well, an air fryer is great, but like crispy potatoes or um, 
Brussels sprouts or something yeah. like that is to get the roasting pan, cover it in foil or whatever, or you don't have to cover it in foil. It just makes it easier to clean up. Put the oil in, stick it in the oven while it's heating up. Okay. And then okay. when it gets to 425, 450, you pull it out, put the vegetables on, and like the searing hot oil will help oh, okay. make like a sear on the vegetables. I see. Especially I see on potatoes. Um, Picking up what you're putting down there, Literally, so. like roasted shit. The roasted vegetables just make bowls. Like this is like our we Will and I just make a shit ton of bowls. You like put some spinach in a in a thing. My new like current thing that I'm groundhogging is green cabbage. Oh, okay. Just shredded with a mandolin, mm -hmm. and then you put some roasted veggies or whatever you want, and then you put some sort of protein on there. Uh, you know, we are not plant based people. We try to do it like one day a week. Yeah. Um, I used to shred the mandolin back in high school. Yeah. Love that. Um, yeah, I think we can get into the weeds on on meat and pork and beef and stuff like but that. Like, but like find no something you're good at cooking. Yeah. Like we would just make like chicken breasts and then like oh. shred them up. That shit would go on everything for like a week. For me, it's rice bowls. Yeah. I am all in on bowl making now. Love rice, like brown rice, uh, jasmine rice, even white, white rice sometimes, and um, veggies, protein, spice, carrots, whatever, and just throw and then it the in. And then the way that I'm, you I'm make that shit tastes good for yourself, because like I think I learned to cook, and I was like, this is okay for me, mm -hmm. but it's not great for other people, I'm sure. You need to, one, be seasoning stuff properly, so you want to add salt and pepper as you go. If you're making salads... And you're like adding cucumbers or tomatoes or something like that, salt and pepper, all of that shit before you add it to the salad. That will help with the flavor. Like that. But then like toss some sauce up on there. I'm talking sriracha. I'm talking pesto. Totally. And there's Just, stuff, there's stuff you can do. Like, for example, I love soy sauce. Who doesn't love soy sauce? There's a healthy alternative. Not healthy, you know. Cocoa aminos, right? Coconut aminos. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things that you like, perhaps, like buffalo sauce or um, Alfredo. A lot, a lot of things have sort of a healthier counterpart. And you can just start buying things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's less processed usually. It's less bad for you and gives a similar taste. In a lot of cases, like close enough to be indifferent to a change. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, I don't have any perfect starting point other than I think it's a good idea to get on a, a subscription food service where you kind of know exactly what you're making and then turn that into, once you kind of get the hang of it a little bit, turn that into buying groceries. I'm not like a meal prepper guy, but knowing what you're going to eat that week yeah, and kind of plan it out. I think planning your food and planning your dinners um, makes you more, I don't know, more apt to eating healthy. Yeah, I'm going to go home and make some Zappatoscana. Zapatoscana. Do you know what I'm talking about? Nope. From Olive Garden? No idea. It's like the potato sausage kale soup. Ooh, sounds good. I'm not a soup guy, but... Oh, I fucking love soup. I got all this stuff yesterday because it was like raining and I wanted to be cozy and then we didn't make it. And now yeah. I'm going to go home and it's going to be hot and humid. I actually might push it tomorrow because I think Will and I are going to go to the Boston FC game tonight. Ooh, very fun. Very fun. Sally's doing uh, beer for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Next one? Mm-hmm. Hey, gang. I'm going to a college football game, of which I'm a fan of neither team. As a generic white guy in his late 20s, uh, shouts uh, as am I, I'm between a game day polo of my alma mater with a team hat or nondescript polo and nondescript hat. My team is in the same conference and will also be playing that day. What is the move for game day outfits? Keep in mind... The home team is a top five program, and the fan base is chirpy. What are you looking for in, in game day fits, Sally? I don't. I don't think you. I think that's inviting chirps. Mm -hmm. And unless, like, if you're built different, if you're built for that kind of stuff, I'm. I'm just picturing SEC, obviously. Yeah. And if you're, you know, you're at a, a Bama game, and they're playing, you know, Southern Miss in a non-conference like non-conference matchup and you're wearing an old miss hat like you're inviting chirps i i don't understand this from people like if you're not a fan mm -hmm. of the, either of the two teams that are going 
I mean, they were playing, but you're going to the game anyway. Like, great. Happy for you. College football's fun. Love it. Yeah. Uh, why are you wearing other shit? I, I'm not saying that you need to, like, throw on an Alabama jersey, but, like, don't be wearing your LSU shit to the game. Right. That, that only, first of all, is going to piss people off. And second of all, people are going to be like, why the fuck is he here? I, I get it. And people, people do it all the time. It happens at hockey games. It happens yeah. at baseball games. You see a guy there in uh, like a Yankee game in a Cardinals like jersey or hat. And I'm not like I'm not saying you don't like don't do it. That's crazy, but I just I've never understood it. I guess. The only time that I think that this is acceptable, and I even then I'm kind of like whatever, okay. is like during the College World Series or like NCAA March Madness. There, there's when there's like a lot teams, of games yeah. and maybe you went to support your team or you know, other tournaments, whatever. And you're there. Neutral site, right? Neutral site. But you're just enjoying the games because that's Mm -hmm. what you're there for. It's a tournament. But, like, why are you showing up to the UT Alabama game in, like, your TCU shit? It just honestly, to me, I'm like, first of all, like, don't you have another game? Which they do. Mm -hmm. He he said that his team is playing at the same time. Damn. And I'm like, you – you don't care about your team enough to sit there at home and watch it, but you're going to come here and then wear your shit. Like no one is proud of you for supporting TCU at the Alabama, Texas game. Sounds like he's getting chirped. I, I, like, I, go, I don't I know that I would call anybody out for that, but I'd be like, look at that idiot over there. I'd just be rocking. So I'm, I think you go nondescript. I think you do too. I think you rock a rowback and, uh, you know, insert golf club here. Yeah. Logo hat and, and just do it that way. Don't, yeah. in, don't invite somebody pouring beer down your back or just like being a dick to you for no quarter. reason. Yeah. And then it can be more fun because like then you can cheer for one of the teams if you want to. Yeah. Put put a, uh, a, a responsible wager down on one of the teams and cheer for them. Yeah. Maybe if you really want to like if you're into the chirpy thing, pick the away team. Yeah. Of the home stadium you're at. Don't. No, don't be a douche. No offense. That That's just a good general rule. Well. General, don't be douche. Even if you wear a nondescript polo and nondescript hat and five-inch inseam khaki shorts, like I'm sure this is going to happen. Just don't be a douche. Yeah. Last one, Sally. Ready? You crush that. You, Brett, and Sally. We are planning my batch party in Vegas. Wondering where you and the boys stayed slash if you'd recommend Vegas, Sally. I'm like a little offended that this was only sent to you. I have to be honest with you. This was a DM I got. Oh, okay. On Instagram that okay. I okay, put I'll in let here it slide. and forgot to edit. Okay. I'll let that slide. That's on me. How many times have you been to Vegas, bro? Once. Okay. Yeah. How many times have you been to Vegas, Sally? Like 10. Double digits. And my mom has been 10 times this year already. Oh, least, my gosh. Probably. Love it. Uh, okay. First of all, I think it totally depends on... Y'all stayed at the Bellagio, We did. Correct? We did Bellagio and split between Bellagio and Cosmo, I believe. Right. I think that Will and some other people stayed at the Cosmo because at the time, that was Jules's haunt. Ooh. Is that, has that changed? I think she's a win girl now. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I, wonder Partially, if, I wonder if there was like a... No, no, no. The, the Cosmo uh, was owned by Marriott, parent oh, really? company. And they got sold. And got my it. parents okay. are big Marriott people. Points people? They have, like, just from like traveling a bunch. Shout out to uh, intern Klein. Mm-hmm. Big Marriott points. Yeah. Game. Klein and I have traded some codes. What? Share with the class, please. Yeah. The issue is that when you use them, <laughs> you have to check in, like, yes. as you yes, yes, yes. with the codes. Mm-hmm. But, I do. Klein and I both appreciate like a good courtyard, you know. Oh yeah. Who who among us doesn't? Uh, Okay. I before my parents were Cosmo people, they were big Venetian Palazzo people. Okay. I have stayed there. I've stayed at the Wynn. I've stayed at the Cosmo. Have I stayed at the Bellagio? I think I've stayed at the Bellagio. Yeah. All of them have their merits, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't think you can go wrong, honestly. You can't really go wrong. Unless you, like, really try to... How do I... Unless you really try to, like, budget your way through Las Vegas. hmm Okay, so what I will say is, from what I remember, Palazzo slash Venetian, um, Wynn and Encore and Cosmo all have, like, pretty decently sized rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with like little like living room areas. So you could, you can cram like three or four people in those. Oh, yeah. 
Like we've, whenever I've done a bachelorette party or something, we've done four girls to a room, like two, mm -hmm. two beds, two girls in each bed. And it's like pretty roomy for like four girls who bring a ton of shit, have to get ready, have makeup, all that stuff. Sure. So for the most part, even if it feels like you're spending a little bit more money, maybe to stay at the win, most of those rooms are pretty big. So mm -hmm. you're maybe better off. You also kind of have to think about where on the strip you want to be. Okay. So in my opinion, you can obviously get around using Ubers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uber didn't exist in Las Vegas yeah. for like a long time. Notorious which really like annoying. walking city before the but advent of here's Uber. The, here's the sneaky thing about Vegas though. Okay. Because everything's so big, when you see it, you're like, oh, that's like right there. Oh, we'll just walk to Caesars. Nope. And then you are like a mile in. You're like, what the? This is taking so long. And uh, it's because it looks like it's closer than I it know. is. And it's so hot. And I get shit. Randy would love going to Vegas all the time because you walk everywhere. Like miles upon miles of walk, if you want. I think if you, it, you know, a lot, it's easy in Vegas to kind of stay on your end of the shit. So that's mm -hmm. why I, I, mostly from experience really like the end of the strip that's like the win encore uh palazzo right there mm -hmm. i think um what is across the street is the mirage is right there um and mostly like if you're planning on doing like a day party at encore beach club and then you're going out to whatever restaurant it's nice to kind of keep it keep it in one area that, yeah. but that yeah. being said Again, that doesn't really matter now because Uber exists. Right. But like, I also, Cosmo's great because you're right next to Bellagio and that's like a fun area of the it's strip. It's a really good central spot to be. I've never personally stayed at Mandalay Bay or MGM. No, I We've know. We've gone I, to I MGM for stuff. I love the Aria. Uh-huh. Um, Aria's close to Cosmo. Yep. All of that's like right there too. So really that's a good, good area. Casino there too. Because you can like walk around all, you can definitely walk between Cosmo, Bellagio, mm -hmm. Aria. Yeah. Um, I have been to MGM for stuff. I haven't stayed at the MGM. Mm -hmm. That's like on the other side of the strip. Yeah, it's sneaky. And I think you get kind of stuck out there. Yeah. Yeah. And he asked, if we, we stayed at the Bellagio um, and I would recommend it. It was fun. It was a blast. Um, like their casino, it's not like popping off like the Cosmos is and mm -hmm. Aria's is popping off. And yeah, you know, you can kind of pick whatever you want to pick with if strip clubs or golf. Or yeah. As long as things are like organized, like I wouldn't go there and try to find a tea time on Saturday morning if you're trying yeah. to golf because it's it's expensive one, very hard to get out to public courses too. And, and just there's more fun stuff to do downtown if you haven't had something like set up weeks and weeks and weeks right. in advance. But um, yeah, I, I'd recommend uh, Bellagio. I'd recommend Aria. I'd recommend the steakhouse we did, Lavo, I think it was called. Um, if you want to do a pool party, obviously there's those. Just careful with covers and stuff like that. But I mean, it's Vegas. Like, I think as a young person, I think that the Cosmo is like a little bit more of a vibe. Yeah. Like Palazzo is like, a lot of dudes watching Fox News. Okay, I'm just going to call a spade a spade. Got it. When we have stayed there, like you're not hanging out in that casino. You're probably going over to the win. I think my best vibes for a casino are like probably the win or the Cosmo or maybe the Aria. Okay. Um, I'm not as familiar, although I have been in that casino. But I feel like that's more like the age, especially Cosmo, like people you're going to be around. Yeah, Cosmo really, that's but, a great spot. Again, with all of that being said, like if you're over at the win, every hand you play, like at the very minimum is going to be $25. Yep. So that can get a little expensive. It's definitely like a good place to like be around bachelor, bachelorette parties. Mm -hmm. um, one of my tips, especially if you like really want to gamble, is to like go to Old Town Vegas. Oh, okay. Where you can play like $5 hands and That's it's a, really fun. What's the, the Irish one? O'Brien's or something like that? I don't know. We always did the Golden Nugget. I think it was near that, but it wasn't the Golden Nugget. Yeah. We we would do that for a couple hours, which is really fun. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say Winter Cosmo. That's based on personal experience. Okay. How I think about, that does, that crowd is, usually mimics. Like, that's where I see a lot. I mean, maybe I see a lot of them because I'm on one and we're staying at the Cosmo. Was there a sports book there? Where? At the Win. At the win, there is. I think there is, right? There's definitely one at the Cosmo. Mm -hmm. We used to go to 
during March Madness go to like um, Lagasse Stadium and they shut it down during the the pandemic. Oh, it's a bummer. Too bad. It was like all, like stadium seating like with like couches and oh, stuff. Yeah. It was actually really fun, but they shut it down. Sounds tight. Yeah, I mean, it's Vegas. Like you can't go wrong. Well, yeah, you probably can go I really mean, wrong. But... I'm gonna say this: uh, the one that looks like a castle. I don't know what that one's called. Uh, like, yes, Excalibur. Where did, where, did, where did Randy go? Where'd you go? The Flamingo? Some of these Flamingo. ones, like, I think we went to Thunder from Down Under Excalibur. Gotcha. You're, like, walking in, and, like, people are, like, legitimately on oxygen and, like, on their deathbed. Like, yeah. that's not the vibe, personally, that I want for a bachelorette party. Um, <laughs> like, if you look over and Nana, who's 98, is, like, huffing her oxygen whilst simultaneously smoking a cigarette, which, She's, by the way, is like a really bad idea because you should definitely uh, Blow that. yourself up. <laughs> uh, you know what, though? Nana died doing what she loves. <laughs> yeah. But like that is like, oh, okay. Like it's – that's a vibe. It's just not the one that I want, you oh, know? Like, I'm just picturing like a, a curbed skit. Where Nana's been in the same slot chair for like forty years. Yeah. Larry David walks by and like hits her chair and her cigarette and falls. She dies. And she, uh, like, oh, this shit. was this is an unsolicited advice though. Get the first flight out of Vegas on Sunday morning. Get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Do not stick around till yeah. one. Don't get on the one p.m. flight. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Your flight will get delayed, and the Vegas airport sucks. Famously, <laughs> it's not great. You get. Like the pre nine a.m. flight. Oh, it's rough. Don't, well, yeah, but you yeah. would rather be hungover in your bed than like waiting around in the Vegas airport. This is one of those mail in mail in court topics that we have to do because I totally disagree. No, I no. am like sit there on Sunday, take your time getting out. No, no, no. Have a beverage. First of all, two. if you're flying Southwest, you must get the first flight out. You also have to remember to check in. Or your C39. No, well, that's why you buy early bird check and you just like let them do it for you. Gotcha. Southwest, famously, mm-hmm. it, especially in Vegas, their flight, like as the day goes on, their flights get more and more delayed because the pilots like hit their time limit for shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. And oh, then yeah. you will not leave there. Like it will be the end of you. I, oh, yeah. When Will and I first started DMing, yeah. When we first started DMing, I was stuck in the Vegas airport till like 8 p.m. And I was like, never again. Oh, God. Never again. You do not want the Sunday scaries hitting in while you're in the airport. fucking Vegas airport. You got to get out of there. <sighs> That's tough. Get there on a Thursday morning. Get the fuck out on Sunday I know morning. the Saturday night, like, what, like, like don't the take the red flight. eye. You don't need to take the red eye. Take People, a 9 a.m. flight. That's hot in the streets right now. I don't I don't like that. No, Just you then don't. you're thinking about it. No, and then you're hammered. You don't. Like, no, no, no. You give yourself enough time. You wake up very, very violently hungover at 7 Mm a.m. You get to the airport. You get on the flight. You have one Bloody Mary on the flight. You get home to your bed by noon. That is the the deal. I think my mind's a personal issue where I can't like, I can't nap. I don't like getting in my bed in the middle of the afternoon. Just now I'm just not that guy, pal. Okay. I just can't do it. I'll just be sitting on my couch like I could have been in Vegas right now. But like you're not enjoying that last day in Vegas. If it's a nice airport, I enjoy the heck out of just sitting in it. And the Vegas airport is awful. It's not nice. It's It's awful. Detroit, big shouts. Austin, great airport to sit in for a while. Yeah. Austin's not a bad airport. Atlanta sucks. I have to do that tomorrow. I'm going to Myrtle Beach tomorrow. Oh, yeah. We currently have a three-hour layover in Detroit. and I See? Great airport to have a delay. Or a, a layover, I guess. Yeah. I'm not thrilled about it, but I was like, eh. Go to the beer worse. garden down the uh, by gate one or gate 69 or whatever it is. Nice. That'll do it for the mail-in. You have fun, Sally? What a great time. Please, 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 please subscribe. Uh, rate five stars. Review and tell a friend about the podcast. Hit the hotline number 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at mail-in podcast. Sally, where can the people find you? On Sally DeFreeze on Instagram and Twitter. On SallyDeFreeze.com. Uh, I'm Brett Merriman at Schmerriman on both of those platforms. That's Randy Trembacki on the ones and twos. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Sally. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.